It's a crazy world out there, moms and dads, and raising our kids to stand strong in the faith is tough. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, a podcast that answers the questions that keep us parents up at night. Questions like, um, is it okay to question God and the Christian faith? How do I help my kids to have an authentic faith? Wait, wait a second. Is the Bible just a book written by some ancient dead guys? <laughs> yeah. For answers to these questions and more, subscribe to Christian Parent Crazy World at lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. I am your host, Katherine Seegers, and in today's episode, we will tackle this critically important question, how do we teach the next generation to pray? Hmm, we are wrapping up a series on Gen Z with this episode, but fear not. We will continue to talk about parenting Gen Z because we are in this role for life, moms and dads. We will keep leading and guiding this generation and the next, even when they leave the house. And today, we're going to talk about how to teach Gen Z and Gen A or Alpha, the next generation beyond Gen Z. Some of you have some Gen Alpha kiddos as well, like me. Uh, We're going to talk about how to teach these kids to pray. And I have a very special guest with us who will help us in this all-important task. That's the plan for this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Before we dive into today's topic, I wanted to let you know that you can see clips from my interviews, powerful quotes from my guests, and receive really awesome posts that review some of the topics we cover here on Christian Parent Crazy World on my Instagram and Facebook pages. I'll be real with you guys. I haven't always been the best about my social media because like you, I am crazy busy, but I am making a concerted effort to build really valuable content on those pages this year. For example, I created a little flowchart for the five greatest cultural challenges facing Gen Z today. Jonathan and I talked about that at the end of our interview, you may recall. Well, 
you know, I made it. It's actually really, really cool. And I've sifted out some of the best quotes from all of my interviews to post there. And I've got lots of clips of the interviews. And I'm posting other inspirational videos and quotes sharing my heart with you guys. I am working on a really beautiful rendition of a father or mother's advice for their son or daughter by Rudyard Kipling that I'll be sharing soon. That is such a beautiful piece of poetry and have other original content, things I've written, and just sharing my heart. And you can only see that on my Instagram or Facebook pages. But most of all, you know, I I just want to connect with you guys. It's been my heart's desire to create a real community with CPCW listeners. You can message me there, post comments about the show, make suggestions. What topics would you like for me to cover? Let me know. You know, I just want to hear from you, communicate with you, and respond to your needs. My Instagram handle is at Katherine Seegers and my Facebook page is Katherine Seegers Speaker. Please give my reels and post a like and make a comment. It really helps to get the word out there. I can't wait to see you there. So, mamas and papas, to wrap up this series on Gen Z, where we have taken such a deep dive into discipleship and into the generation gap between us millennial and Gen X parents and our Gen Z kids and the very powerful waves crashing against this generation from our culture, I just couldn't think of a better way to conclude these conversations than with an episode on prayer, specifically how to teach our kids to pray. Now, I've done a three-part series on prayer here on CPCW before. Those were episodes 13 through 15. Definitely check those out. But that was mostly for us parents. I didn't talk about how to teach our kids to pray to help us do that. I have a very special guest, author of the brand new book, Pray With Me, Help Your Children Engage in Authentic and Powerful Prayer. She also happens to be a personal friend. Erica Renault is joining us today. Erica, welcome to the program. Yay, I'm so happy to be here, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. I have to tell my audience's story of how we met. (laughs) All right. I usually like to let my guests talk first, but I have to brag on you a little bit because we met about four years ago. And and see, this is so on point with the topic we're talking about today on prayer. We met four years ago at a prayer meeting. Actually, it was at a major women's conference. There were like a ton of women there, like 700 women were at this conference, I think. And they had an optional prayer meeting the first night. And we go to this prayer meeting and... It was in this big room and they had us break off into small groups and they told us to pray over the people in our group, pray over each other. And Erica was in my group. And at the time, honestly, it was hard just getting to the conference. Mm. I was going through a season that was really, really rough and I felt incredibly broken and it was hard getting out of the house. Mm. And I'll never forget, Erica, you, you just communed with the Holy Spirit for a moment. And you looked at me and you said, Catherine, I don't know you, but God is saying to me that you are not broken. (laughs) And I kind of bawled like I am now. And that meant so much to me. So I know we have the perfect person to help us teach our kids how to pray because you know how to pray and you know how to hear from the Lord. Thank you for that word that you spoke over me and it stuck with me through the years. And thank you for joining us to help us teach our kids how to pray. 
Um, so when did you become so, I'm sorry, we're crying <laughs> of the interview. Tissues. Yeah. Tissues, please. Um, so when did you become so passionate about the topic of prayer? Yeah. I think probably when I, I really struggled in high school to, to follow God, to follow Christ, to, you know, keep my feet on that straight and narrow path, right? Mm -hmm. That uh, we, we read about. And by the time I hit young adulthood, I married young, had a baby young, actually in the, in the flip that order was had a baby young, then married young. I, my life was turned around, but I, I realized, let's see, I, I think we started going to a couple different conferences. Um, we started our own prayer gatherings at our own local church. And I realized like, oh my gosh, all of my high school years, I was just trying to not do things, but I had no idea how big, how powerful, how close God is. Mm -hmm. So in those early years where we, we were, yeah, experimenting with, I, I, experimenting isn't the right word because it wasn't like weird what was going on. It was just that like not many people came. So it's experimenting with prayer gatherings <laughs> in that it was just always like a kind of an odd group of people. We weren't show, sure if anyone was going to show up. We weren't experimenting in, you know, anything weird, but, and I just, it was in that time that we were praying a lot. I feel like God just really set my, heart on fire for him, my eyes were just open to the vastness of him in a grand way, but then also in this like really close personal way. Like I started praying just for little everyday needs, mm -hmm. like anyone who married young and had a kid young, multiple kids young, actually we struggled financially. And so I would just pray about everything I could think of, um, all, all these different things. And it just felt like over and over and over again, God just kept proving himself, just kept proving that he was listening. Even if things weren't answered in the way that I hoped, it was just like he made it so abundantly clear in those first few years, especially like, hey, I hear you. I'm mm -hmm. hearing every word you're saying. So I would say that was the, that was the beginnings of me falling in love with prayer when I realized just what a personal God we serve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is awesome. So do you remember specific moments back then where like he, you knew he was completely in tune with what you were going through. Can you remember any examples of that or? That's, that's a good question. The moment that I most distinctly remember was I found out that I was pregnant with my second and I was excited, but also unsure because it, I, I think I was 20. I was, I was 20. Uh -huh. And I just kind of felt sort of like overwhelmed, not really sure what to make of it. Like, okay, I'm going to go through life carrying diaper bags. Like, how's that <laughs> work out? You know, like, okay, I guess it's my <laughs> life. Like, uh, you know, scratch all the other plans. So, uh, yeah. And you were 22. So you were yeah. still a kid. Like one child is one thing, but two is like, okay, I'm committing to be a mom. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I was pregnant. I don't know that I had told anyone yet. My husband and I were at a conference and the speaker was talking about Anna from Luke two. And they talked about how Anna, this elderly woman, it says, I think she was either in her 60s or she was at the temple for 60 years. I don't know, but she was widowed. 
Right. And she'd been right. at the temple this long. I think different translations maybe use a, a different interpretation of whether she had been at the temple that long or whatever. Right. But yeah, yeah. The important part was it said she never left the temple, mm-hmm. but served God night and day with prayer and fasting. Some of them say worship and fasting. The point is the same. It was just this woman that was just in love with God. Mm-hmm. And that was her life was just being in his presence in prayer. And I remember at the end of them talking about this woman, Anna, they prayed and said, Hey, if you feel like God is putting, I think they called it like an Anna call, you know, <laughs> if God is putting an Anna call in your heart, stirring up your heart right now, stand to your feet. And it was, and I, and I thought, I kind of thought, is everybody going to stand? Because that was like a really amazing sermon. So I was like, maybe everyone's <laughs> just going to stand and it's not, you know, but I stood up and I looked around me and nobody from my group was standing. No, no, like even like for a while, not many people were standing. And I was like, okay, actually, this is a super unique thing. But it was really <laughs> clear. Like it was yeah. super, it was crystal clear in me. Okay, this is the place that God has called me to. I didn't even know that was a place that you could be called to. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing to dedicate yourself to being a person of prayer, to being a person of worship, just to be a person that just enjoys and seeks being in God's presence. I didn't know that was a career option. Yeah. Yeah. So to speak, you know, so if there's a moment that I most distinctly remember, it was that moment for sure. That's a beautiful moment. And it is true. There are some people that are uniquely designed by God, I think, to enter into a life of intercession. Yeah. But regardless of whether that's something, you know, whether you're the the Erica that stood up yeah. <laughs> at that conference or you're the all the people surrounding Erica, we're all called to be you know, walking with our creator, communicating with our creator and teaching our kids how to do that. And so what was it that stirred you then to write a book on teaching kids how to pray? Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to say that, like, I just looked around at my life and was like, man, I'm really nailing this, teaching my kids how to pray. Like, I should totally write on this. (laughs) Uh, That's that's not what happened at all. No. It was was sort of by accident, actually. So those prayer gatherings that I was saying we were doing at our church, like not enough people showed up that we could have a functioning nursery. So we really wanted to be able to have, you know, an adult service with with prayer and worship, right? And have the kids be in the nursery playing with toys like kids are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm doing quotes for the listeners like the kids are supposed to be in quotes doing And, um, but we didn't have enough people to work the nursery or sometimes we did, sometimes we didn't. And we just kind of reached this point. We're like, you know what? The kids should be here. The kids should be participating. Somebody bought a bunch of art supplies. We eventually got some flags and we just included the kids in it. And it got to the point where there was a week that I was in the nursery and I'm like, and I, my heart was missing out. Like I, I felt like I was missing out what was happening in like the main sanctuary. And I was like, I don't need to miss out. I can pray with these kids right here, Mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah, I am here for prayer and that's what I'm going to do. Even if I'm in this cold, it was very cold, (laughs) kind of dirty nursery. Like, um, and like, even if I'm in this like cold, dirty nursery, nobody's going to praise me for it. Nobody's going to thank me for it. Nobody's going to know it even happened, but daggone, I'm going to make this a time of prayer. And so, yeah, it, just, it was kind of by accident to include the kids in on prayer. And from there, it was 
oh my gosh, like why didn't like why isn't why don't we do this all the time? Yeah. Right? Why don't we invite the kids into this kind of space? And then obviously raising, you know, raising my kids, I I felt so I I don't want to say I felt stuck at home, but it was like you you we had one car, my husband was was gone, right? Working and I'm at home with the kids, but I still had this fire within me. You know, I'm reading about Elijah on Mount Carmel, or I'm reading about mm. Jesus and the leper. And it just seemed like a natural thing to pull my kids in and be like, girls, you know, let, let's, let's pray for this. Let's do, you know, let's do this. Let's engage with God. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, so then as I explored writing, I just realized that there was a big gap. There was just, there was very, very little out there on raising our kids to pray, teaching them right. how to pray, teaching mm-hmm. them how to engage their heart with God's heart. So that's, that's sort of the, the progression in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> that is awesome. You know, you convict me because I think I've had those moments in the nursery <laughs> where I was like, look at my watch. When am I getting out of here? Right. <laughs> Instead of really engaging with my heavenly father and saying, okay, I'm here. Let's make the most of this time. Yes, they're little ears, but Jesus... Well, who did he say? Yeah. Who was he always open to? You know, suffer yeah. not the little children to come to me. He was right. always, and, you know, and the disciples were trying to shoo him away. He's like, no, <laughs> the Let kingdom of God is right here among you in the faith, yeah. the beautiful faith of these little kids. I'm reminded of a story of this pastor that was going around and he was having this horrible problem with his foot. He was limping and he'd had everybody, you know, these big name people pray over him. And he went to this one church and there was a child with Down syndrome at the church who wanted to pray over him. And he was like busy and was like humoring him. So he limps over to have the kid pray over him and the kid prayed over him. And he was healed. It's like the Lord was just like, Hey, don't, don't discount the prayers of these little ones among us. Their faith is so genuine and pure. So I would imagine if we're going to teach our kids to pray, we probably need to start with teaching them why we pray. What's the purpose behind prayer? So how do we go about starting with teaching them the importance of why we pray? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think, you know, for our young, young ones, I've always tried to stick with the languages. Mm -hmm. Prayer is talking with God, not talking to him, right? But that that it's with, it's it's time that we are, I actually use the terminology, our our Mm -hmm. heart is engaging with God's heart. If they're really young, maybe just like our, our, it's kind of like our heart is connecting with God when we talk to him in the same way that, you know, when you give me a hug and I give you a hug and I say, I love you, we have a, a heart connection with each other. When we pray, God just loves the words that come out of our mouth. He loves speaking with us. He loves when we're looking to him, so to speak, you know, and so, so prayer is just kind of us and God communing and God loves it. You know, he's delighted with your words and with your voice. And so that's some of the kind of terminology just to kind of get started with with the youngest ones. So So as they get older, obviously, we can unpack it a little bit more as they get into those middle school years, which is really getting towards the Gen Z era uh, um, age group, which is probably Mm -hmm. eight and up right now. So where do you go with those kids in terms of explaining the importance of prayer and the need for prayer. Yeah, I would say with those middle ages, they can understand 
the idea that my relationship with somebody isn't going to grow if I never speak with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so prayer becomes not only this thing that we get to do and that God loves, but prayer is actually a sustaining thing that we do to grow closer to God, to keep our relationship with him. I think by that age, they're also able to understand. I mean, I think even younger than this can understand this, but hey, God, for whatever reason, even though he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, for some reason, God partners with us people. I love that. Yes, yes. Right. So, so the rain came Mm -hmm. when Elijah prayed, right? So, so isn't that so crazy, right? God could send rain, but he waited until Elijah prayed Mm -hmm. to send the rain. I love this. I was just reading the story. I guess it was last night about Ezekiel and the dry bones. And God says, Ezekiel, can these bones <laughs> live? And Ezekiel's like, I don't know. Like you tell me, you know, only, you know. And so God says, prophesy to the bones that they would live. Mm. And so then Elijah speaks it. And that's mm-hmm. when the bones receive flesh. That's when there's a rattling. That's when they come together. And then he says, prophesy the breath. And so there's this crazy picture that we see over and over and over again in the Bible where there's God's sovereignty intersects with us Mm -hmm. to accomplish things. So God's sovereignty, his ability to do anything, to do whatever he wants at any point, for some reason intersects with his people. And that's, you know, what he, I mean, even in the Red Sea, he used Moses putting the staff down, Mm -hmm. right? And so that by that age, I think they can begin to not only understand that, but really get behind it and get excited like, oh my gosh, like God might use me and my prayers to change somebody else's life, to change our city, to change this situation. Yeah, that, that God might, that God, for whatever reason, partners with his people right. to enact change, to bring forth, just like Jesus prayed, mm-hmm. that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? That's just like, that's like intercessory prayer step one. Yes. Is that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. And so every, anything every, anything else under the category uh, of intercession just falls under that umbrella of God's will being done. So yeah, just, you know, the kids getting on board with, uh, hey, you know what? Sometimes God's will, you know, this is why Jesus prayed for God's will to be done because we have a role to play in seeing God's will be done and his kingdom come. Oh, that's so, so good. You're bringing to mind some of my favorite authors on prayer. I love what Watchman hmm. Nee talks about when you were talking about the dry bones and everything that brings that to mind. He talks about prayer just being so close to God that you hear what his will is and you speak it back to him. It's just speaking his will Mm. into a situation. It's not speaking what I want. It's not my will. It's thy will. Yeah, that's right. And then also in addition to that, this idea, and this is what we can get our kids so excited about, is that God is partnering with us. His eyes are looking to and fro over the face of the earth in order to find those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Mm. And when he does that... Amen. When we commit with him and partner with him, that's when heaven and earth changes. That's when those amazing things can happen when we're partnering with him in order to accomplish his will here on earth. And that's ultimately what prayer is. And it's, it's kind of a hard concept because I think one of the things kids ask, and I know a lot of adults ask this is like, well, why does God need me to pray? You know, I mean, he's all powerful. (laughs) He can do it himself. What does he need me for? Uh, How would you answer that? Yeah. 
I guess not having thought about this ahead of time, I think my answer mm-hmm. would be he doesn't need us, but for some mysterious reason, he uses us. I think that's a great answer. You're great on the spot there. I think you're right. He is chosen to. He is chosen to work through us because we're his representatives here on earth. And so that it's a humbling thing. Yeah. And and for better or worse, oftentimes what happens here down here is up to how much we're cooperating and partnering with with him in order to accomplish his will here on earth. And so Yeah, I think there's a point at which we kind of get to choose how much we want to engage with. Right. Mhm. I think you're absolutely right there. You know? Uh-huh. No doubt. We get to choose how much engagement we have with the Lord, how much we want to follow his path, how much we want to follow his will in our life. And our kids get to choose that too, but we want to be encouraging them also also to choose wisely there. Yeah. Yes, please engage. Don't disengage. Yeah. <laughs> I love this title of one of your chapters. It's called a Be a Guide, Not an Expert. Uh what a relief. For some parents to know that you don't have to be a prayer expert to teach your kids to pray. You're guiding them on a journey. Speak a little bit to that. Yeah, I really enjoyed writing that chapter, actually, because I think that is, you know, mm-hmm. what you and I have been in Christian circles for plenty of years now. I have never met a single Christian who is like, prayer, I got that down. <laughs> I am an expert when it comes to prayer, right? Nobody feels that way. Right. And the more I kind of explored that idea that I'm not an expert in this, the more I explored the idea that really no parent feels super adequate in this area. We all know we have room to grow. The more I came to the conclusion, this is actually a huge benefit. We can lean into our insecurities in prayer, Mm -hmm. and it actually makes us way better teachers when we're teaching from a place of insecurity. You know, we're talking about, if you're talking about middle school or Gen Z, if I came up to my daughter and was like, hey, so we're going to try this new thing. This is what we're going to do. Ready, set, go. (laughs) She'd be like, no, I don't want to do that new thing. Right? But, But if I came up to her and was like, hey, I've been thinking a lot about this. I, I feel, I, I, I mm-hmm. maybe just say, I heard this podcast about prayer and it kind of convicted me. And this is just something that I would love to explore with you. Mm-hmm. I'm new to it. Or, you know, I, I know this would be a new thing for the two of us to do together. But I think it's kind of important. What, like, why don't we just give it a try? Mm. Like, what about we pray together every morning on your way to school? Yeah. Right. So see the difference? Like when we're leaning into our insecurity, when we're leaning into and whatever it is, right? In that situation, it's, yep. it's that we don't normally do this, right? It's sort of the insecurity. Mm-hmm. But whatever the insecurity is, like, hey, you know, I don't mm-hmm. love praying out loud. It feels awkward for me, but I, I kind of want to try praying out loud. Do you want to try that also? You know, and just kind of leaning into those insecurities, I think we end up mm-hmm. being way better teachers. And I, I love that, that verse that says, train a child in the way they should go. My, the pastor that I had when I, when my husband and I lived in New Jersey, he was also a track coach. Mm. And I just thought he was the best track coach because he ran alongside the kids on his track team. Mm. He didn't just stay at the starting line, like yelling directions to them. He was running with them. And he actually trained my husband for a little, uh, for a brief time. My husband was like, turns out I don't like running, you know, <laughs> but because he was running alongside my husband, he was able to comment on his stride, mm-hmm. the way he was breathing 
on the way he was pacing himself Mm. because he was just right there next to him. And so when we kind of embrace our insecurities about prayer, when we just sort of admit openly, hey, you know, these are the things I'm unsure about. I feel like it's kind of coming right alongside of our kid and saying, let's do this together. Let's grow in this together. Mm -hmm. Let's explore this together. And let's push ourselves even together. We're just, it's like, we're just coming right alongside them instead of, Hey, you should go pray. That's the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, that's sort of the standing at the starting line, like, come on faster. Right. But that we're just in it with them. That is such a great visual, such a great visual. I said this before on one of my episodes on prayer, but that prayer warriors aren't born. Hmm. They are formed. Yeah. We don't come out of the womb with this discipline down. Right. And I love the way you brought this. Like if it's not something you've done before, just kind of introducing it to your kids in such a way that, Hey, I think, I think this is important. It's something I think we need to be doing more of. And yeah, Let's try that together. It's kind of a course correction. And right. we should never be afraid to course correct as parents, whatever we've, you know, guilt-free zone. I didn't do it right before, but hey, let's start implementing that. You had a whole chapter on, I think it was on on-ramps to prayer, uh, ways that you've oh, been yeah. uh, pre- preparing to pray. And you you give, yeah. on- is that one of the on-ramps you offer or something? Or it's so, oh yeah. Okay. So the on-ramp idea is, is really simple, actually. It's just that sometimes there are some really simple things we can do to prepare our heart and our children's hearts mm-hmm. to genuinely engage with God, right? Mm-hmm. So if you even if even if you or listening families, if you pray before dinner, there's actually things in place that function as an on ramp. So for instance, yeah, you know, just gather. Okay, dinner's ready, right? So you're gathering everybody, you're dishing out dinner, and now somebody says, "Okay, let's pray." All of those things are actually things that are preparing your child to pray. Mm-hmm. You gathered everybody, dinner's on the table, you know, you somebody says, let's pray, right? So, so those are kind of things that we don't even think about as opposed to if my daughter and I are, are, we have a local convenience store, like right at the end of the street. If we're walking to Stewart's and I say, I'm going to start praying, let's pray. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no on-ramp. There was right. nothing to prepare her heart to engage with God's heart. Mm. So the whole idea of an on-ramp is that, you know, there may not be this physical journey to be made in order to pray, but there is a a mental and a heart Mm -hmm. journey to be made in order to help our children actually engage with prayer. Mm -hmm. So I I suggest playing music. I suggest maybe lighting some candles, maybe getting cozy on the couch together, Mm -hmm. um, maybe tucking them in and talking about how grandma is doing before saying, let's pray for grandma. Right. You know, yes. (laughs) Maybe reminding them, you know, God can heal all things. Remember the story about da da da. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So now, now we're cozy. Now there, we've talked about grandma. I've reminded the children that God can heal. Mm-hmm. Now, hey, you want to pray for grandma before you go to bed? Mm. So, so real simple, but it's just I think it makes a huge difference if we're hoping that our children will fully engage with God, if we give them a little bit of an on-ramp to travel on. Uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking of one kind of thing in our routine where we pray together, uh, where I pray together with the kids regularly is on the way to, we go to a homeschool co-op. And we kind of gotten in the discipline of, you know, in the morning, it's the morning. And so we're on the way there and we pray together. We, we kind of go around and each one of us prays. But I, you know, I'm thinking oddly enough, I'm in a car, but I didn't give them a 
huge on-ramp there. <laughs> and we kind of just do it sometimes abruptly. I'm going to, I'm going to implement that where we kind of have a little bit of a conversation about something spiritual first instead of just, you know, the, Hey, let's pray. Yeah. I, I mean, they're used to it. So it's part of our routine, but at the same time, I think I could probably have a more effective time in prayer with them. And what I'm trying to model for them is this is something we do in the morning when we get up and yeah. throughout the day is that we're praying about certain things and we're interceding about certain things and communicating with God throughout our days. Right. For sure. And, and honestly, that predictability, that tradition mm-hmm. is actually one of the on-ramp ideas. Okay. Because that's something that actually, you know, they're, they're expecting it. Like you said, they know. So could you build a little more solid on-ramp by doing a couple other things? Sure. But there is a tiny bit of an on-ramp they're built that they know they're going to pray on the way to co-op, you know? Yeah, we do that. And and that's something you can always introduce with your kids. And in that time, I'm kind of, most of that time is spent praying over some needs. That's obviously not the only kind of prayer we want to teach our kids, but we we kind of embark on intercession. We usually have, I'm like, it's important that my kids learn, hey, there are people we're concerned about in our lives and we want to be lifting those needs up to God regularly. Right, right. So that's definitely one of those disciplines that we've gotten into that's been pretty healthy, I think, in our family. And we can look for some more. Uh, Of course we do. Like you said, we pray before meals and (laughs) when we, you know, there's occasionally those times where we're like halfway through the meal and you're like, wait, (laughs) what happened there? Because everybody was in a different room when we started, but that's so, so good. (laughs) Well, there's one other thing I'd really love to ask you about. This time has just flown by. I think one of the discouragements for parents and children when it comes to prayers, it's, it would be unanswered prayer or a prayer that isn't answered in the way that we hoped it would be. How do we deal with that ourselves then? And how do we help our kids to deal with that kind of discouragement in prayer? That's a great question. I, I have a few different thoughts. So I guess that the first thing would be, I think that at a young age, but even at an older age, we can teach our children that, listen, God doesn't always answer everything we ask him to do, or, you know, he doesn't always answer in the way, right? We ask him to, but we can trust him no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I think just sort of that foundational idea that sometimes we're going to pray for things and they're not going to happen. We don't always know why, Mm -hmm. let's say we're going off grandma. We don't know why grandma's not going to be healed, right? We don't know Mm -hmm. why God didn't heal her. She will be healed on the other side of heaven, right? So, but we can trust God. He He knows all things. He sees all things. We can trust him. And we know that he uses even terrible things and he turns them for our good, mm-hmm. right? So I think kind of that, that sort of basic idea when there's hard times, when we're going through hard seasons, when we're experiencing disappointment. And I think probably just for us as parents to really to lean into God in those times. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but if somebody, if I feel kind of hurt by somebody, I, the last thing I want to do is lean into them. Mm -hmm. And yet God advertises all over the Bible. Come to me when you're broken, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll mend your broken heart, lean into me. I can be trusted. And so he's just constantly advertising for broken people Mm -hmm. to lean into him in spite of, you know, their brokenness in spite of them feeling maybe abandoned even mm-hmm. by him. So I think, you know, for, for us as parents to lean into him, despite feeling sometimes callous, sometimes discouraged, sometimes confused, just but to not give up to continue to lean into him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know another thing you talk about in the book as we're wrapping this up, but one of the things is just the importance of remembering 
remembering the things that God has done in our lives in the past. And when we hit a new crisis so often, I mean, I think I know one thing that's so interesting about the history of the Israelites in the Old Testament, we we love to point fingers at them, you know, and how they just got, saw God like part the Red Sea and then they're complaining about not having food. And you're like, like OK, you know, yeah. and we're, and yet we do the same thing. Right. We fail to oh, yeah. remember God's faithfulness to us. And so that's a huge part of dealing, I think, with discouragement is that God is sovereign and under learning to to it's it's a hard thing to wrestle with mm-hmm. but sometimes he does allow things that well yeah. i wouldn't have done it that way or i would have answered that prayer or he would have been mm-hmm. healed or and it's really difficult or that tragic event would not have occurred right but god leaning into all of the things remembering all of the areas where he's been faithful and all the times that he has answered those questions. And in the old Testament, they had stones of remembrance. They would, you know, they would have this physical monument that, Hey, you can't go past here without remembering what God did. That's right. And then they would have festivals and, and, you know, the whole, you know, Passover, that's what it is. Remembering when God passed over and delivered you miraculously delivered you when all of these other people went through this curse and the, the sin, what happened as a result of disobedience, you were delivered. Right. So having moments where you're remembering that with your kids and teaching them to remember, right? Absolutely. I feel like remembering, I, I remember reading through the Bible years ago, for some reason, I decided to read through the Bible in 90 days. Mm-hmm. I was the only one in the in my congregation that actually did it. And but the crazy thing about reading it that fast is these those larger themes of the Bible really stand out yes. to you, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me that was remembering. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, like this is so important to God." And the more we sort of explore that as a family in different ways that we could do exactly what you're saying, physically remember whether it's writing on a calendar or we have like a little a box where we put mm-hmm. things on a postcard and, and keep them in. And the more I explored it, the more I was, I realized this is for hard times mm-hmm. when, when hard times come and I feel like my words are falling to the ground, you know, they're not getting heard. I can look back at these things and say, but God did this, but mm-hmm. God did the other, but God answered that God showed up in all these ways how could I possibly sit here and sulk on my bed and say, you know, God doesn't hear me. Right. God has left me, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I'm actively practicing remembering. So I totally agree. Remembering, I think, as a family also is just mm-hmm. huge for, for getting through hard times. And that's what God said. You know, when every time people got upset in the Bible, it's like, don't you remember like all this I did, you know, exactly what you're saying. And, and that's why he does those things so that we'll know mm-hmm. that he's faithful. Yes. That we know that we can lean on him. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up about remembering. I really enjoyed writing that chapter. I felt like, gosh, I wish I could write. I wish my whole book could be about. Remembering. Yes. Hey, maybe the sequel, just, maybe the sequel. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. This has been so great, Erica, so practical and so helpful. Why don't you tell our listeners how they can get a copy of your book and how to find out about you and your ministry? Cool. Yeah. Okay. So um, mostly I, I would say I put my best foot forward on Instagram, 
Facebook gets a little bit more and then mm-hmm. my blog gets just about nothing. So, <laughs> so I would say, you know, find me on Instagram, send a message that way or, or Facebook if that's, if that's your social media platform of choice. And then, yeah, my book is pretty sure it's going to be available everywhere books are sold. Amazon, Christian Book, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, IndieBound.com, which I never heard of, but that's for all the local bookstores. So yeah, IndieBound, if you want to buy local, yeah. And April 4th is the launch date. So Awesome. And I can't believe we've gotten to this point and failed to mention it. <laughs> Tell us about your kids first. Before, I mean, like as oh. we're wrapping this up, because you, you wrote a book on writing, praying with your kids and we failed to talk about that. And that was, that's on me. I take that one. No, but why don't you tell no, them that's really fine. Quick. Yeah. So real quick, I have five kids. They range in age from six to 18. She just, my oldest just turned 18. I have some in Christian school, some homeschool school, some in secular school. So we kind of run the gamut with our school experiences. So awesome. Yeah. That gives you all the street cred that you need. Oh, there you go. Right on this book on praying with your children. You've got a little basketball team there that you can pray with uh, Lisa, a starting <laughs> lineup there. So Erica, I cannot thank you enough for joining mm. me today to discuss the why and the how of prayer and how specifically to guide our kids in their prayer life. This has been so refreshing, moms and dads. This is one of the most important tasks we have as parents with our kids, discipling them in their spiritual walk. And that means helping them to have a vibrant and robust prayer life. I think we need to make sure, though, first that we are doing that ourselves, mamas and papas, we do. So set aside some time each day to pray. Use my handy-dandy topical index of scriptures to pray over kids or, or any specific situation in your life. That is one of the many free resources you can find by subscribing at katherinesegers.com. And while you're praying, think about how to implement Erica's practical advice with your kids. Grab a copy of Pray With Me while you're at it. You'll be glad that you did. Next time on Christian Parent Crazy World, I have an incredible guest for you. I am so excited. Elizabeth Urbanowitz has a master's degree in education and a master's degree in Christian apologetics from Biola. She has created a phenomenal curriculum to help you teach your kids about the Christian worldview. I just started using it and I am loving it. It's awesome. I want you to hear all about it. But most of all, I want you to meet Elizabeth. She is an absolute treasure trove of wisdom. She has her finger on the pulse of what is happening with Christian kids, kids raised in the church, what they often don't know about the biblical worldview, what they need to know, and most importantly, how to teach it to them. You don't want to miss it. And don't forget to check out all those incredible video clips and posts from my interviews on Instagram and Facebook and drop me a line there. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and following me on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, oh, and maybe you could 
say that Christian Parent Crazy World is the best podcast you've ever heard in your entire life. Uh, Just a thought. Uh, And be sure to check out my website, which is katherineseegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.